0: This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education,
1: and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The
2: more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of, in a digital world, we need verifiable documents.
0: Welcome to MarketScale Software and Technology. I'm your host, Sean Heath. When I say the cloud, and I misused air quotes when I said that, um, what does that make you think of? It makes you think of some new technology that's nebulous. See what I did there? Yeah, this is gonna be one of those podcasts. You thought it was gonna be all technical and dry? Nope, because cloud computing, cloud storage, while it is a new technology, there's a lot of subtle nuances to it. It's not just a a cut-and-dried, plug-in a hard drive, and there's your new storage. There's a lot of ins and outs that go to the technology. And to be honest, I know enough about it to be dangerous. Well, I know two guys who know enough about it to be very calm about it, actually. They're not stressing at all. Of course, the guest on the podcast today is Ed Stockton, Vice President of Services for Vion, and Pablo Gomez, Manager for the Services Engagement Group for Vion. Ed, how are you today? Very good, Sean. Hi, Pablo. What's going on? How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing very well, and I'm really excited to get to talk to you. I love when I have a chance to chat with experts about something that I know a little bit about. Cloud technology appears to be the actual direction that we're heading in as far as storage and computing. What is the confidence level in the sustainability of that as a platform? Cloud computing
1: uh, as a platform and as a technology is has been a rapid, rapidly growing and evolving in the last decade. Uh, the sustainability of the platform itself is, I think. Uh, very confident, I don't think there's going to be any risk of of the cloud computing infrastructure disappearing anytime soon. Uh, we're seeing a, a rapid movement of customers and uh, organizations moving into cloud environments. and there are multiple cloud providers out there today uh, that are evolving their offerings and uh, improving their infrastructure. Uh, data is and applications are on a fast pace of growing. <laughs> uh, we're creating more data. Ah, uh, today in one year than we'll have created in the entire history of humankind <laughs> prior to that. So, data is is on a, a an extreme growth pattern, and uh, cloud computing is really one one way that we're going to be able to actually uh, manage and keep all of that data and, and use them, use that data through applications.
0: Now, I do want to take just a moment to get very basic the concept and the the phrase cloud computing and cloud storage It's not actually stored in the air. There are physical hard drives that have to be used to store this data. The cloud is referring to the way that you access that data. Instead of plugging into a direct network and managing it all on site, it's actually stored in a different location and managed by a third party other than the specific customer's IT department, for example. That's at an enterprise level not just mom and pop's grocery store. That is, cloud computing currently is something that is, I would imagine the majority of people who utilize cloud computing are larger companies. And you mentioned the rapid adoption rate. Is that necessarily a good thing? Are people jumping in before they really should be?
2: I would say that it it has led to what we call cloud sprawl. And I'll get into that in a moment. The promise of cloud is absolutely um, there. It's, you know, reduction in IT complexity, it's reduction in management, and most importantly, a reduction in cost. And that's why everybody's moving to it, including large government customers. They're moving to it uh, both as a public cloud, or so you think of your Googles, your AWSs, your Azures, uh, but also in, in terms of private cloud and sometimes in terms of hybrid cloud, you have both private and, and, and public. So behind your own far- firewall, and and on the public sphere i would say that the promise is is a good one we're no longer talking about three to five year upfront buying of capital expenditures right it is now converting into a shared services model so your it department within government or within our customers are actually now providing an on-demand just-in-time service to their internal customers it makes much more valuable and much more efficient. And that and that is why everybody's moving to it. And that's why there is such a rapid adoption.
0: Now let's talk about the availability or the necessity of cloud computing for smaller businesses. What are some of the benefits that a smaller business can leverage from cloud computing?
1: So, Sean, cloud computing is, is a is a real godsend for small organizations because it, it removes the the responsibility, the ownership. Of a small organization to manage their own infrastructure, to manage their own computing, to manage their own storage and their and their own network. Uh, now they can outsource that to cloud providers. Um, and those cloud providers, as Pablo mentioned before, could be a public cloud provider or even could still be a private cloud provider, uh, giving customers, uh, small, small organizations in particular access to technology that they may not have the resources or expertise in to manage themselves. So it really, it really enables uh, small businesses in a way that uh, really hasn't been seen before and, and gives, it levels the playing field from a technology perspective between smaller organizations and startups uh, compared to large enterprise organizations.
0: How do you approach untangling a mess for a customer who has an existing system that really is a bit of a cluster?
1: When we talk about cloud sprawl, it's similar to server sprawl that customers used to have a decade or two ago uh, with the influx of virtualization where uh, we had virtual machines being spun up all over the place and and nobody knew who had a virtual machine hiding under the covers around the corner. So uh, cloud sprawl is a very similar aspect and a similar problem for people whenever they're accessing cloud technologies. uh, It's very easy to turn systems on and, and then use them and then kind of forget about it and it still sits there and and then you need another system. So hey, it's real easy. I can turn on another one and and another system gets turned on. And and before you know it, if you're if you're not closely managing your cloud environment, you can have all of these machines stood up in a cloud environment. And and the problem with that is if you're paying for a cloud service provider to deliver those services, now you're paying for systems uh, and workloads that you're not even really using anymore. And so that becomes a real cost burden for customers. And so uh, having governance in place to really manage that is essential.
0: The main difference between the virtual machine wave and the cloud wave, the the one thing that's constant is the humans. So obviously that is a human behavior that causes that sprawl. And managing that behavior is an expectation you have to set from the beginning. What are a couple other challenges that are accompanying the quick deployment of cloud storage and cloud computing?
2: I would say process. We have broken processes within customers. Uh, Things like, like you mentioned, shutting down VMs as a very simple, simple one. Once they once they've completed, that is a real challenge for customers. Uh, there's there's not enough automation within the cu- our customer base at the moment to drive. Uh, I don't want to say the human factor out of it, but to some degree, the human factor out of it. We tend to move as quickly as we can, and humans are forgetful. So if we have good processes in place and automation driving those processes. It will enable what I would call a better governance around current cloud platforms.
0: And the maintenance and management becomes even more important when you find yourself engaged with a multi-cloud system, and those are becoming much more common. How much does a multi-cloud approach multiply the complexity? Is it exponential?
1: It's significant, Sean. whenever we talk about multi cloud uh we've we've talked with plenty of customers recently who who have told us look we don't want to do multi cloud it's too complicated it's too complex uh you have to learn new tool sets for each different vendor of of cloud service provider that's out there they have their own look and feel they have their own capabilities and you have to get trained and you have to have people that are willing to get trained in on the, on the different service providers platforms and uh, what are the nuances between this provider and that provider and, and understanding what the values are? And some applications may work better in a certain cloud provider than another. So if you start to manage between multiple clouds, it can get very confusing very quickly. And again, it becomes very difficult to manage. So it is a challenge. Uh, the beautiful thing is today, you know, as, as we talk about innovation occurring in technology, there are tools that are helping to enable multi-multi cloud management and multi cloud orchestration, and and that's what we're really seeing now is the is the move towards simplifying the management of multi clouds through a single pane of glass interface where you can provide governance, you can provide all the access to those cloud capabilities of those different providers through a single orchestrator or an automation tool. Uh, and it really helps mi- minimize uh, some of the manual workload and the manual effort that's involved. And that's that's really important because when we talk about these multiple clouds and the uh, growth of technology, it's it becomes too much for one person to manage uh, on their own. Uh, so you really need technology to help manage the technology.
0: I've always likened it to a rental car. When you get a new piece of technology you you've got to learn where the turn signal is you got to make sure that the radio stations are all set to your favorites there's just a, a a brief learning period but it is a required learning period that process can be intimidating for customers that are just entering into cloud computing how do you approach simplifying that confusion for a customer when they're first stepping into the cloud pool
1: well this is uh, there, there's a couple things that are different uh, honestly, um, one of the things is is a, a true cultural change. Um, the The car analogy is a good one, but the the difficulty we've seen with some of our customers who are used to buying technology in a in a different way through a capital expenditure way, uh, they want to buy large quantities, and we're trying to teach customers to know you only need to buy what you need today. You don't need to buy what you need tomorrow. Um, because tomorrow you can buy what you need then. So uh, that that is a cultural shift that that we've actually seen is very problematic for customers uh, today as they as they begin that cloud journey and adjustment period. Beyond that, yeah, it, the the use of multi-cloud uh, options is it it can be confusing and it's it's a little bit even more complicated than different brands of cars because. The different cloud service providers will actually have very unique offerings. Much less so today than having standards that every car is going to kind of adhere to. It's kind of a wild west still, where cloud service providers are innovating, and uh, do research and development is exploding in, in these in these cloud service providers as they try to outdo each other and come up with new and, and better capabilities and offerings. Um, so it becomes very confusing. So you it takes a long time to actually become qualified within each. Cloud service providers' uh, solution portfolio. So it's it's pretty complicated, and and that's why a lot of customers are kind of staying standing back. They're not jumping into multi-cloud right away because of that challenge, and and that's where I was saying earlier. We've we've really seen uh, this is this is the space now for uh, multi-cloud orchestration and automation tools to come into place that really help streamline that and um, and mitigate those challenges. Uh, and give customers a single look and feel as they migrate and manage environments in multiple public cloud service providers as well as managing private cloud and even their old, maybe if they'll have old legacy infrastructure as well, managing all of that through a single interface. Um, and that's, that's what we're trying to encourage uh, our customers and encourage the people that we, we speak with to think about as they, as they think about moving into a multi-cloud organization.
2: By also, by adding uh, governance, and and cost management, they are better able to determine where a VM should sit, which cloud it should sit on, where disaster recovery should be, and and as a result, uh, very much improve their, their costs associated with the IT services infrastructure.
0: Because there are so many different moving parts, metaphorically speaking, in this technology, what are some good traits that customers should look for when they're deciding on a provider?
1: You know, Sean, it, it does depend a lot on on what the customer's requirements are, what their application requirements are. Uh, some of the leading cloud providers, and Pablo mentioned a few of them already, you know, you've got Google Cloud Platform, you've got Microsoft Azure, you've got AWS. These guys all have very strong offerings. But there are other cloud service providers out there as well that maybe even follow in, into niche areas and expertise. So uh, there are some cloud providers that really focus in on enterprise resource platforms, right? So ERP systems that really are, are dedicated for those kind of capabilities, because those require different platforms for, to perform well uh, in a large enterprise. So it, it depends a lot on what, what you're trying to accomplish. But today, you know, what a lot of these cloud providers have are redundancies built in. So you, anytime you're talking about public cloud, most of the leading vendors are going to have very stable platforms, you have multiple regions with redundancies that you can, of course, tack on to your, your offering that they, they provide for a fee. But they can give you that kind of redundant capability to ensure that you're going to have High availability, always on kind of access for your customers, uh, so you, know, you don't have these blips or outages here and there. And, and that's that's made the news, you know, periodically every every year or, or a couple times a year, we'll we'll hear of outages uh, from one of the different cloud providers, and and that can be a real that can be a real test for some customers if they have uh, real high availability requirements to have their stuff on for customers or their end users. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if all of a sudden something goes goes out. Uh, that that can be a real problem for them. So just weighing those options, um, which is another reason why we suggest multi-cloud to help minimize some of that uh, single-cloud reliance.
2: I would also add um, to to Ed's comments is that it is very important. Maybe re- reiterate requirements are very important. Customers must know why they're moving to the cloud. You know, it's not just some vague promise. But they have to have very good reasons, business reasons, to move to the move to the cloud and understand those well.
0: Yeah, it's not just a shiny object. You need to move forward with a purpose. Right. What subtle thing about the multi-cloud concept would surprise people the most? One of the challenges
1: that that, or one of the innovations rather that we're seeing in technology, it it's really the. Uh, focused management of technology. It used to be similar to kind of the old big conglomerates, right, GE or United Technologies, where you know they were sucking up every company they could find, and they were all things to all people. Similarly, IT departments kind of focused in that same way. They were all things to all people. Anything technology had to be managed by uh, the IT department, right? So if you had cell phones, if you had applications, if you had data centers, uh, they managed everything. And, and what we're seeing more today is, is similar to you know, we, we can look at examples in the business world of GE, you know, selling off pieces of their, their business now that really aren't core to them. We're seeing something similar happen in the IT space where businesses and organizations are recognizing, look, I don't need to be in the data center business. My mission is to provide an application to my customers or to my end users. I don't need to worry about what what is the platform that it's sitting on or where is the platform that it's sitting on. And that's that's really how the advent of cloud has become very popular uh, is now we're we're shifting the responsibility for managing the, 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 in, the underlying infrastructure, the platform and in the infrastructure to dedicated teams. And sometimes that's a public cloud service provider, and sometimes that can be done through a managed services provider, uh, which is what we see a lot of today as well. I've had conversations with CIOs at different organizations throughout the country where they've told me, look, I don't want to be in the data center business anymore. We're not good at it, <laughs> and and that's true. Uh, we we see we see people they're, they're trying to be all things to all all people and in, in technology, and that's really not the best use of resources and time. And it's finding the the dedicated and skilled people that can really manage different parts of your IT, and you can focus on what you need to focus on from a business or a, an organizational perspective. So uh, it's really kind of commoditized to a degree, but it's also specialized. Uh, and another side of the side of the uh, conversation.
0: I jokingly say that I'm not an expert on this subject. However, I would like you to unravel the mystery of cloud lock-in. Cloud lock-in, in a technology term, is
1: is just speaking about the dependency now that be, uh, or the reliance upon a specific vendor who's providing you your cloud technologies. Uh, That's one of the things we've seen frequently from the different cloud service providers in in today's market is that they provide uh, tools and solutions uh, that can help customers meet specific needs. But what we're finding is sometimes those tools are just only usable in their environment. So if you decided to move out of one cloud service provider and go to another, you really can't not without doing a lot of work or rewriting an application or or building a new tool set into your into your solution. So uh, that becomes very challenging. And so what we're, we're encouraging our customers we speak with today is is developing a, a cloud agnostic capability. Uh, a lot of that is used uh, with uh, newer technologies today, a composable infrastructure, things like containers, cloud native tools like Kubernetes, uh, where we're helping to extract the the applications and the pieces of those applications and moving them away from dependency and reliance upon a specific provider and really giving them uh, the ability to be moved between different cloud service providers on a private cloud or any public cloud uh, and giving customers true freedom and independence to pick and choose and even pit cloud service providers against each other. Giving, customers better market value, um, and really mitigating any risk of just being dependent on one provider who's going to raise prices on them or go out of business or, or who knows what might happen.
0: If I understand correctly, that means that these companies have tried to figure out a way to create an intangible dongle. Are we ever going to get away from the concept of the dongle? <laughs> I say back in the '90s, I, and maybe this dates myself. I, you know, back in
2: the heady days of the .dot com, uh, there were religious wars. Right, you had Apple, you had Sun Microsystems, you had Windows, Deck for for some of the storage folks out there. Uh, so. It's very, it, it does become very similar, and I don't think you can ever necessarily get away from it because that's how people make money.
0: <laughs> well, and, and there's a downfall to that, and that is people are really turned off when you try and become more controlling of their stuff than they want you to be.
2: Absolutely. That's, and, and that's actually a very good point. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what resides on the cloud is my information. And so I do as a company want full control over my information, the governance of that information, the cost of that information, and I should have the freedom and ability to choose where it resides and how it resides.
1: Yeah, and that's that's part of the, the capitalistic society of right of our of our of our culture, right? It's it's an opportunity for These cloud service providers who've invested a lot of money into their own infrastructure to manage customer resources, that they can kind of retain customers. And it's a fine line because yeah, if you're too aggressive, it's a turnoff, right? And uh, the, the benefit here again, is that we live in this capitalistic society. And so someone else is now saying, well, look, that's a problem. I'm going to create a solution that helps minimize that problem. And and again, that's that's where we get into this multi-cloud orchestration. And it it's been a a great innovation in the last few years where we've seen these multi-cloud orchestrators developing their own capabilities, and help minimizing those dependencies on specific vendors and helping to remove that. So, uh, giving customers really more more independence and freedom to move their their data and their applications where they think it should should be placed.
0: I do understand a company's desire to be profitable and to attempt to maximize their ROI on their initial investment for their, whether it's their technology, their service, their physical product. But if you start a restaurant that makes hamburgers and I walk in and order a hamburger and I would like cheese on it, if you have the ability to put cheese on my hamburger, That's what I expect. I don't want a hamburger with pineapple on it. That's not what I asked for. And if you can't provide me a hamburger with cheese, then I will take my information and go someplace who can provide me with that. Now, that seems like an extremely simplistic view, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong, and I don't think that those expectations are too high no you're you're absolutely right and it it
1: is a simplified analogy but it is very true and and that's again why we we have been talking to our our customers and to people in the market about the the value of multiple clouds because not one cloud provider is going to give the right it's not going to be all things to all people right they're going to have their specific capabilities their values that they're bringing um, and that may fit for some of your applications it may work for none of your applications um, and that's why we really recommend you've got to look at what your requirements are, where are those applications, what makes the most sense for you and your organization, and then matching that with the, with the offerings of the different cloud providers that are out there. Um, and that's, that's just the, the simple value that we're trying to help help customers understand is, is you have a choice. Uh, you, you don't have to sit there and take the hamburger with pineapple. Uh, you, you can get the cheeseburger. <laughs>
0: Today's guests on the podcast have been Ed Stockton, the vice president of services for Vion, and Pablo Gomez, the manager of the services engagement group for Vion. Ed, Pablo, thank you so very much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it, and I look forward to having a chance to talk to you again anytime. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean.